BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, let's do this. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, July 3rd is just moments away. But before we do this, we got to thank the following unions for sponsoring this interesting program in an attic <laughs> featuring the Brown Line and occasionally the Metra. Mm-hmm. And overlooking the alley at a porta potty. Yeah, and sometimes you'll hear an air conditioner. Good times. <laughs> yeah, we got it all on the Ben Jarofsky show. But your Ben Jarofsky show with now over 500,000 downloads. That's correct. <laughs> what was that? That's the sound of like more downloads. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Oh, see that in the sky, D? In the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's one million. We're coming for you, one million. Wait, we just got a download. Wow, that is the noise. Yeah, it's the noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your Ben Jarofsky show with over 500,000 downloads for Friday, July 3rd is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and of course, our good friends, at the Chicago Federation of Labor. If you're in a union, if you're like, you know, in charge, like at a higher position in a union. <laughs> yeah, not just like a dues paying yeah, member yeah, like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, if like you're like a an, real important person. If you're like union. running things in a mm-hmm. union or if you're in a business, we would love to have you as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. You heard what I just said there earlier, right? 500,000 downloads. People will hear it, all right? So reach out to Tracy Bame at the Chicago Reader or the Chicago Sun-Times. Look it up and call them up. Brr, hello. Hi, I'd like to be a sponsor the Ben Jarofsky show oh well here's how you do it we'd love to have you as a sponsor all right but anyway uh all right we have a song of the day and so apropos oh. your song of the day for today Ben okay proud to be an American uh is it, that's what's his name Underwood uh I thought it was like Kenny Rogers oh I'm proud to be an American from Muskogee <laughs> Uh, I don't know proud to be an American. I am proud to be an American, well, but I don't know the song. Uh, you know, I don't do this often, but I guess I'll have to sing the song oh, of the day. Whoa. Well, I'm proud to be an American. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I know. You know it now. I, yeah. Well, at least I know I'm free. Man, what's some? You got some pipes. How oh, come you've stop. been sitting there shy? Let's, let's sing. Uh, walking in the park. Watching winter turn to spring. Come on, D, sing along. <laughs> Not singing. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. That's proud. It. I'm proud. I, I'm sorry. I was singing "Proud to Be an Okie from Muskogee." Well, oh. The "Proud to Be" kicked into the Merrill Hager song, and I just started singing "Proud to Be," which is not a bad song. <laughs> Claire said, "Oh dear, here we go." <laughs> Good times, Claire. Walking in the park, hey. watching winter turn to spring. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Roberta Flack, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, little Roberta Flack uh, in the year 2020. <laughs> I love Roberta Flack. Awesome. Don't say anything bad about Roberta Flack. Oh, Ben, you like that disco ball I put up on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah, it looks like, pretty good, right? Yeah. The Ben Jarofsky Show. Oh. It starts now. It is 
Friday, July 3rd. And yeah, still live from Ben's Attic. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. You were talking about Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. Today on the program, it's the return of young Kenneth, Kenny D, Ken Davis. And now your host, Old Benjamin. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Pritzker versus McKinney Friday. And here's why. It's been a while since we've heard from the Hang'em High judge. But yesterday, he stormed back in the news, gavel slamming. Hang'em High! Who's the Hang'em High judge, you ask? Oh, my, my, my. How soon you forget. That would be Judge... Michael McKaney, the pride and joy of Clay County. And he's the judge who's wrapping J.B. Pritzker's knuckles with his gavel for daring. How dare you, J.B., to impose stay-at-home rules in a pandemic. I got to say, you're bringing it with the sound effects today, buddy. Well, Let's you. hear that gavel again. Yeah. That's the gavel hitting the just the wood. Order in the court. Here's the gavel hitting J.B. Pritzker's hand. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds more like, ah! <laughs> That's how it sounds. Oh, my God. All right. Explanation time, because I know you potheads out there forgot. Oh, I forgot. Who's McKinney, man? Oh. Okay. All of our marijuana-smoking <laughs> listeners, please keep listening. No, Don't come on. Be you offended. know I love the reefer heads out there. Got no problem with them, D. All right? So you got a little forgetful from time to All right. Which one is McKinney, man? Uh, all right. Well, explain it. Michael McKinney is the Clay County uh, judge, all right? Uh, and he is a good friend, apparently, of our new favorite Republican, Darren Feed Them Hogs. Bailey. That's right? correct. DB, as we call him. Uh, and uh, <laughs> DB and McKinney are downstate Republicans of the MAGA persuasion, which means they love Donald Trump. I wouldn't be surprised if Judge McKinney has a little I love Donnie tattoo on his forearm. Anyway, all right. McKinney and, and DB, Darren Bailey, like Trump, they believe that the pandemic is a hoax. No need to stay at home. No need to practice social distancing. No need to close or regulate businesses, protect people. And most important, no need to wear those dastardly masks. D.B. Darren Bailey, the downstate Republican, we've talked about him a lot. He cannot stand masks. In fact, do you recall from yesterday's show, and by the way, Darren Bailey, you're welcome for all the attention we give you. I don't think there's anybody in the state of Illinois who gives you as much attention as we do. You're Albeit welcome. Albeit negative attention, but hey, attention, uh, nonetheless. Come on, man, just spell the name right, okay? B-A-I-L-E-Y, D-B, feed them hogs Bailey, all right, D? Come on, who's going to feed them hogs? <laughs> By the way, we stole that from Norm McDonald. Yeah, it's, it's a Norm McDonald. Yeah, we all, Norm, don't sue us. It's okay? an homage. It's an homage. Yeah, it's out of love for you. Okay, don't sue us. I'm so worried about the lawsuit. Look out. Here comes a cease and desist. All right. Anyway, Darren, uh, D.B. Bailey, of course, is a downstate Republican. He filed suit uh, against J.B. Pritzker, arguing that J.B. had overextended his authority as governor by ordering states uh, ordering people in the state to stay at home or to wear masks or to regulate businesses, whatever JB ordered, looking out for the interest now of the people of Illinois. Now, full disclosure here, D, I just want to get this up front. I'm with JB in this one. I just got to say that. But you know what? DB's in the news, McCaney's in the news, 
And so I feel, you know, I have to uh, pay attention to him, right? DB, I don't, you got to pay attention if you disagree with him. Anyway, by the way, DB, uh, I just, this, every time I think of Darren Bailey, I think of yesterday's story where he was uh, on vacation, of course, in Florida. Where else would a, uh, a pandemic denier go but Florida, home of Ron DeSantis? So he was in Florida. He had to hurry up back uh, to Illinois, and he showed up not wearing a mask on the advice of his doctor. That's my favorite line. On the advice of his doctor. Like, I'm thinking, like, what doctor would advise you not to wear a mask? You guys found the, the one doctor in America who advised him not to wear a mask. You know what, D? I'm thinking about this. You're going to go to that doctor. <laughs> I think it's the same doctor who weighed Donald Trump and came to the conclusion that he only weighed 225 pounds. I think it's the same doctor. Well, it looks like 225 pounds to me. Well, he makes you feel good. I tell you that. <laughs> if you feel good, Donnie, thinking you're 225 pounds and you're spout. Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. And McKinney is his partner in crime. He's the Cook County, uh, excuse me, the Clay County judge. And he really reminds me of, I've said this before, of the Fred Gwynn character uh, in um, My Cousin Vinny, one of the great movies of the 90s. Uh, Dennis, you've seen My Cousin Vinny, right? We've talked about this in the past. Absolutely. Herman Munster. Herman Munster, right? That was another role. Okay, the name of the actor is Fred Gwynn. He's so good that we think of him as the roles he plays for 10 trivia points, D, and no pre-show planning, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if he can get this. Hmm. What was the name of Fred Gwynn's character in my cousin, Vinny? Um, he was a judge, right? That is correct. Judge Ice Cube. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a general principle. Answer, Ice Cube. And maybe you'll be right, but in this case, you're wrong. It was Judge Chamberlain Heller. And uh, the only reason oh, I know... Oh, yeah. It, it sounds like you looked it up. Uh, I did. And I and I can't read my writing. It could be Haller, but I can't read my writing. Our host, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, Frank, if you can help me out there, I think it's Haller. But anyway, uh, there's uh, when I was looking up his name, I saw some of the sample dialogue. And there was some funny dialogue in there. There's the one where the judge... Uh, what's the... Uh, Joe Pesci's character uh, has an objection, and the judge says something along the lines. What an intelligent, lucid objection. And Joe Pesci says, thank you your honor and then the judge says overruled and uh i thought it was funny uh anyway and that is sort of judge mckinney's attitude to anything jb pritzker comes up with he's a big believer in limiting the power of the governor to do anything proactive that might protect the people of illinois from COVID-19 on the grounds that McCainy believes. He believes it's a largely exaggerated uh, disease. He does not think uh, that it's a real uh, health threat to the people of Illinois. Uh, he thinks that the state is overcounting the number of people who've died from it. At one point in one of their hearings, I'm doing this from memory, but I remember Mark Brown wrote a great column about this. At one point, at one of the, by the way, we'll get into Mark Brown in a little while. Marky Mark, B, Mark Brown? Mark Brown really wrote a great comment. We'll get back to Mark Brown in a little while. Anyway, uh, there was a hearing where McKinney was uh, theorizing that if a person dies in an auto accident who has uh, COVID-19, they will count that as a COVID-19-related death. Like, I don't know what planet he thinks he's on. It would not be counted as a COVID-19, but whatever. It's his, it's his world view that 
the disease is exaggerated, that J.B. Pritzker has exaggerated the disease, that there is no re reason to uh, protect people or regulate the state. Uh, and uh, he concurs 100% with Darren Bailey, the downstate uh, representative who filed suit alleging that Pritzker had gone too far, had no legal authority to impose regulations, even if those regulations were intended to protect the life and of people in the state of Illinois. Uh, yesterday, uh, they uh, had a hearing, and Judge McKinney, to no one's surprise, ruled in favor of D.B. Bailey, at which point Darren Bailey... Whoa, you all right? Okay. Uh, at which point, Darren Bailey tweeted out, yes, sir, Darren Bailey tweets, I tell you, he's a lot like Donald Trump, quote, Illinois is open, live responsible. I'm not quite sure, like, what is he, that, I'm not quite seeing that one, uh, the, the, I'm not quite seeing the correlation between Illinois is open, do whatever you want, and live responsible. Uh, we're going to be talking a little while about the people lining up at bars uh, in Wrigleyville. Are they living responsible by going into bars and breathing in each other's face as they uh, have their drinks, et cetera, and so forth? I do not think so. Anyway, uh, McKinney agreed with him. The case will, uh, will be appealed. I don't believe the state has appealed it yet. Uh, the um, DB said the state is open. You can do whatever you want. This, uh, Pritzker says, no, that is not the case. That other rulings by other judges... Uh, overrule McKinney's ruling, if you follow all that. But it doesn't really matter because people in Clay County are apparently violating all the rules that Pritzker is stating anyway. So it really doesn't matter what Pritzker says in Clay County. They do whatever they want. They follow the lead of McKinney and DB Darren Bailey. So yes, indeed, uh, big, big day for the Republican Party. The ruling was no surprising. Uh, and uh, I'm point out that McKinney's ruling comes uh, as news of the pandemic spreading throughout the country uh, is uh, on the page, front pages of every newspaper that I see. Uh, it's exceedingly high in Texas. The number of new uh, cases of uh, COVID-19 in Texas you know, rising so to, to the point where Republican Governor Greg Abbott is making some of the same decisions that J.B. Pritzker has made. He's ordered, uh, among other things, throughout many parts of the state that people in public have to wear masks, which is very interesting. Uh, one of the first times that Greg Abbott has taken that stand, if you recall back in, I think it was in uh, March or April, he ruled that municipalities in Texas did not have the authority to wear people wear, to make people wear masks. The Republicans have this bizarre thing with masks. Not quite sure what it's about. My guess is, is that they think it's somehow or other unmanly to wear a mask. They have an obsession about their manhood, so they don't want to be seen in a mask. I don't know if, Do has Donald Trump been photographed in a mask yet? No, I don't think so. Don't invite any of these people to your Halloween party this year. They do not like masks. Yeah, I don't know if we'll even have Halloween parties this year. But <laughs> uh, So it'll be really curious if the Republicans uh, in Texas uh, find their Darren Bailey's and Judge McCaney's to challenge the authority of Greg Abbott uh, to uh, order people in Texas to wear masks. Republicans, you officially turned your party over to the lunatics, and you have no one to blame but yourself. We got a great show today, everybody. Yo, Kenneth, Kenny Davis will be here. He's got a lot. Ken Davis is probably the smartest person when it comes to science, whoever comes on the show. He loves science. And uh, so we'll be having a discussion about the whole notion of what's 
the Republican aversion to science. You know, right there, it, we're going to play, we're going to bring back that old clip from uh, roughly uh, 2014, I want to say, Dave, something like It was during the Obama years where Obama, uh, Fox TV was ridiculing Obama for wearing a bike helmet. I got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we'll be discussing. I got a uh, bike helmet. Uh, wow. Is Obama in my attic? Oh, no, it's Dr. D. <laughs> Just me. Uh, so young Kenneth has a lot to... And we'll also talk a little local stuff with Kenny D, get his thoughts. Uh, Ken Davis has been following budgets uh, in the city of Chicago and the games that mayors play with budgets. So we'll have some fun talking about how this whole thing about police and school, folks. This is... And, you know, just draw closer, everybody listen to me. You're being scammed. They're really just looking for a way to get the Board of Education to pay salaries in the police department. That's what it's all about. It's not about local school councils having authority. Oh, God. Chicago, please don't be so dumb to believe everything your mayors and people in authority tell you. Anyway, Kenneth Davis will be here talking all about that. A lot of political stuff. But before we do any of that, the man from all, the man they call Dr. D with the news. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's just Dennis. Oh, hey, before we get going here, we got some live stream chat uh, going on here. Some live stream chatter. Uh, First off, our good friend KMA Barry has the scoop. There is a behind the scenes photo of Donald Trump in a mask from his trip uh, in the Ford plant in Michigan. Yes, I remember that. Uh, KMA Barry. KMA Barry. Is, that, is, it, is KMA his first name or is it just all one? It looks like uh, KMA the first, Barry the last. All right. uh, is, has that p- picture ever been released? I remember people saying he wore the mask. I just don't recall seeing. Oh, whatever. I, it's not like he can instantly. Respond. And uh, also, too, uh, I know you were talking about this before the show, pre-show prep. Mm. Uh, Herman Cain got a uh, coronavirus at the Trump rally in Tulsa two weeks ago, apparently. Well, that's interesting you say that. Uh, Herman Cain will definitely be talking about this with Monroe Anderson on Wednesday. I've already, we've already been uh, exchanging emails about this. Uh, but Herman Cain, big-time Trump supporter, uh, was at the rally in Tulsa. And now he has COVID-19. But it, uh, there's, I don't know who this guy is in Herman Cain's universe, but his spokesperson says that they didn't know for certain that it's Tulsa. It's unbelievable. This is how far... The man is sick with COVID-19 which there's a good chance he got at a rally that Trump never should have held because it defied all scientific advice. They put a whole bunch of people in a arena and encouraged them not to wear masks, made fun of wearing masks. Herman Cain wasn't wearing a mask. You've seen the pic- I have seen the pictures of Herman Cain at the rally. I don't know if you saw those pictures. Herman Cain surrounded by, I don't know who they are, but some, some, some friends of his, I guess, I don't know. Anyway, they're uh, waving little flags and got Trump buttons on or whatever anyway he's come down with COVID-19 but no no we can't say for certain the spokesperson said that he got it from Tulsa they will do anything the guy the poor guy is sick and in a hospital but they'll do anything to avoid having to say positively that it's a good idea to wear a mask all right, everybody. So uh, before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois for the fourth and final time this week, we need to remind everyone of this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're new to the program, you may be thinking to yourself, 
Benny J bonus interviews. Yeah, newbie. Benny <laughs> J bonus interviews uh, every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at both Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader websites, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Brand new, never before heard one-on-one interviews for you to listen to. Let's run through this weekend's lineup. First up, Saturday, the Fourth of July. We welcome a dear friend back to the program. His name is Antonio Correa. Uh, we will be recording this after today's program. But, Ben, tell us what you plan on asking Antonio and give these people a reason to download this interview. Well, this is going to be a great in- interview. Antonio Correa is a dear friend of both uh, uh, Dennis and mine. He's I, I forget what his rank was in the Marines. Uh, he was in the Marines. I don't know if he made it to sergeant or whatever. Uh, but Antonio Correa is a proud Marine. He'll probably uh, say Semper Fi at least five times. Uh, and what's the thing he always goes, D, when he's on the show? I believe oorah. Yeah, oorah. He'll do oorah a few times. And yet, he does not stand for the national anthem. He's got this whole what theory. A badass. <laughs> he is a badass. I love him dearly. One of my uh, best friends, Antonio Correa. Uh, he's going to come on, and we're going to be talking about why his position on the national anthem, his attitude when people say, thank you for your service, uh, his love for the Marines, and all kinds of perfect. Great, appropriate conversation uh, for the 4th of July. His attitude's about the 4th of July. And he, uh, his attitude's about Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. <laughs> the NFL's unbelievable. They are just, can we undo this thing as fast as we can? I mean, the team and all, we had Kevin Blackstone. I'm on a tangent with it, a tangent. He's been on the show twice. My dear friend Kevin Blackstone, a sports writer extraordinaire for the Washington Post, is making a movie about... Uh, the name of the Washington football team. I just refuse to say the name. I'm with Kevin on this one. It's Redskins. Okay, you can say the name. I just refuse to say the name, but everybody, uh, and they're making a movie trying to put pressure on Daniel Snyder, the owner of that team, to change the name. Snyder won't change the name, but now apparently there's so much pressure coming on the NFL to stop being so freaking racist that the Washington Redskins, whoops, I said it. The Washington (laughs) team is considering changing its name I got a feeling that this is just a face-saving way of coming up with an excuse to ch- uh, change it. So I got a feeling Antonio Correa and I will talk about that as well. Any ideas as to what they should change the name to? Getting uh, the Washington? Uh, you know? Uh, I mean, anything could be better than the Wizards. Uh, well, the Wizards are better than the Bullets. That's what the Wizards were mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they were uh, the Wizards. And then the owner of the team thought uh, it just was not a good idea to have a team named after Makes Bullets sense. in a, the city where there was so much violence back in the 90s. Uh, and uh, let's see, what could they change there? You know, I have to think about that. I'll ask Antonio. Live stream chat room. Help yeah, us out. What, what should they change their name to? Washington blank. Help us mm. out. Uh, so that's going to be available by 5 a.m. Our 4th of July Benny J bonus interview with Antonio Correa. And who knows? I'll get some uh, some fireworks sound effects, and I'll play that. And because it's 4th of July, during the interview, I'll eat a hot dog. <laughs> How about that, huh? Oh, my God. That's a tease for Mark Brown's. The Mark Brown tease. Good job. <laughs> Marky B. Excellent tease, D. Now on to Sunday. Sunday. We have a new guest joining us on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes. Dixon uh, Romeo will be our guest. He's a local school council member from the south side of Chicago, a political activist and strategist in the city of Chicago. And we're going to take the deep dive on local school councils, what they are, what they do, uh, and how, in my opinion, I'm not putting words in Dixon's mouth, in my opinion, the mayor, her aldermanic allies, and some sc- and school board officials, including Janice Jackson, are using LSEs to cover up 
their policy of one more time, people focus on this, taking school money and sending it over to the police department. All right. So if local school councils want police in schools, fair enough. That's their decision. They obviously know what's best for their school. They can work with the police officers. So the police officers, you know, or get along with the kids and are integrated into the school successfully. But the schools should not be paying the salaries of Chicago police officers. The Chicago City Council should uh, a vote to approve a budget in which they pay, where the, the corporate co- budget pays for police department employees. So we'll be talking about that with Dixon Romain. Plus, the guy's a huge movie buff. Dixon says he's going to make some movie recommendations. Oh, so, all yeah. right. Dixon's movie recommendations. Movie nerd time. Oh, Get ready for that. Movie we're nerd. So that's going to be on Sunday. Once again, available by 5 a.m. And finally, available by 5 a.m. on Monday, a good friend returned to the program. We recorded the interview yesterday. As always, fantastic. The one, the only, Dub C, yeah. Candace Castillo. Yeah, Candace is the, uh, the person who came on the show and pointed out. I've been using it ever since. Uh, thank you, Candace, for pointing it out. That I just said it a little while ago, that the Republican insurgency against stay-at-home orders, uh, Operation Gridlock in Michigan, uh, DB, uh, Feed the Hogs, Bailey here uh, in Illinois, the Hang 'em High Judge, uh, McCaney, all of these brave Republicans who are taking this strong stand began taking that quote-unquote brave stand when they came to the erroneous conclusion uh, that the virus only affects black people. That's Candace Castillo's theory. We call it the Candace Castillo theory. Pretty good theory. She stated it back in March, I want to, or April was it? I can't remember, but it was a long time ago, and I think she's on to something. Anyway, so we'll be talking politics. Oh, my God. We already did talk a lot of national politics, a lot of local politics with the great Candace Castillo. So, you know, I know you got a good weekend going on here. We ask that you just bring the Ben Jarofsky show along with your Benny J bonus interviews available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Turns out when you go there, you're going to see over 600 episodes. All right. So uh, if you go through those interviews and you're like, boy, I just can't get enough of this Ben Jarofsky show. Well, Plenty more where that came from, both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites. Our good friend Pat Rod weighed in. He says, $20 says uh, they're going to try and change their name to the Washington Trumps. <laughs> uh, Snyder is probably a huge Trump fan. Uh, David, I would actually say the Washington Trumps would be a better name than what they have now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, David says the Washington Cherry Pickers. And then we got uh, Fred who weighed in with the Washington Tree Cutters. I would go with the tree cutters. That's the tree cutters. How about the tree huggers? They're environmentalists. Oh, yeah. That'll get football fans into it. <laughs> That's what I think. When I think football fans, I think uh, tree huggers. How about the Washington Kaepernicks? Okay. Showing some love for Colin Kaepernick. He really bending over backwards. to shows. Name the team after him. Okay. <laughs> now, yesterday on the show, we asked all of you a question ah. on both Ben Jarofsky show mm. Facebook and Twitter pages. We're now halfway through the year 2020. If you could describe the first half of the year in one word, what would it be and why? We have more of your one words to read before we leave here for the weekend. Thank you to everyone who sent us their comments and helped us create some podcast content. You're all awesome. And I would kiss you all on the forehead. But, you know, coronavirus. <laughs> all right, let's find out what the people are saying. Uh, ben, by the way, uh, for those who missed it, Ben's one word, the F word. Yes. 
Did I actually say the F word? No, I, thank you for doing uh, that. Yeah. I don't know why we're... You know, I'm just going to say the most popular podcast in America, Joey Rogan. I think every other word in his show is... Maybe that's the secret to success. Oh, let's just do what Joe Rogan does. I'll smoke pot during this show. How about that? And we'll bring on Alex Jones. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, my word, by the way, humbled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's read more of your one words here. First up, the Facebook page. Uh, we got Benjamin. Benjamin's one word, bad. Then he puts, you know, because it was bad. Okay, so maybe the why part wasn't necessary. We get it, Benjamin. Bad. What do you think about that? Uh, it's one of my favorite albums by Michael Jackson. Nice. You know it. Sorry. Uh, listeners yeah. are so lucky today. You're getting tons of songs. Uh, yeah. You know, bad would just pretty much sum it up. Yep, bad. It's just been bad. All right. And now, I'm sad. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> bad, sad. I feel Get bad. Uh, here's Jared's one word. Enlightening. Pendrovsky's speechless. Wow, yeah. I got to think about that. I think you'll like John's one word. John's one word is Trubisky. (laughs) When it first got here, it had some good qualities and a lot of promise. Then it just started throwing meatballs. Send that guy the blue Mustang. Okay, we don't give away Absolutely excellent. On to a guy with maybe the coolest first name out there, Bird, B-I-R-D. Bird's one word, energizing. Guess the I'm not quite, but I, there's a song bird bird bird. Have you heard the word? I bet I bird. All right, so not a comment on uh, your comment, but a comment on your name. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, energizing. I mean, I guess the left is energized. So yeah, okay, I can see it. All right, uh, on to Layla. Layla's one word. Layla. Layla. Is that her? Has she, hasn't she weighed in before? I believe so. I will now do my imitation of the opening of the great classic Derek and the Domino song. <laughs> now here comes uh, Derek. Then I mean um, Dwayne. <laughs> Guys, keep listening, please. <laughs> Don't tune out. Okay. I love that song. It's my favorite Derek and the Domino song. You know that song, Dave? No. Wow. Layla's one word. <laughs> Exhausting. Yes. She says, every day there's a new scandal. I would like to watch the news just one day without hearing the words Donald Trump. Oh, my God. I'm with you 100%. I wonder, is Layla her real name? Uh, that If, if it is her real name, guaranteed her uh, parents are huge Derek and the Dominoes fans. Layla, are you listening? Is that true? Are your parents huge Derek and the Domino fans? Please let us know on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook or Twitter page at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Or you can send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. On to Steve's one word. I like this word. Don't think it's a real word, but I like it. Craptacular. <laughs> that, by the way, is that the same Steve who put on Facebook that we, <laughs> instead of doing Song of the Day, we should just post the YouTube? I believe so. Okay, Steve, that was pretty funny, man. Yeah, and I sent back to him, you know, that may be the secret to YouTube success. <laughs> Quite possibly. You know, ben, you know, maybe you should just have the real song. And then we get sued, Steve. You think of that? Are you an attorney? We can hire you, you know. On to Kylie's one word. And Ben, I think this is her real name. Kylie, her one word, never ending. Yeah, man. On to Matt. Ma- one. Matt's one word, also bad. And then he says self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah's one word, weird. Mm. <laughs> it is weird. I would say that uh, DB, Darren Bailey, and the Hang'em High judge, Michael Mahaney, are weird. So, yes. All right, if you just tuned in, we're... Uh, reading everybody's one word to describe the first half of the year 2020. Uh, Chrissy's one word, exhausting. Mm, yes, but I'm fired up. After this three days off, I'll be ready to go again. Right, D? 
You're damn right I'm pumped. Hand me that bottle. Yeah! Let's go, baby. All right, on to Paul's word. Paul's one word. And hey, if you're in a band looking for a name, you're welcome. Paul's one word, suck bucket. That's pretty cool. On to the Twitter page. On to Twitter here. Uh, again, we can't thank you all enough for your one words. All right, this, uh, let's see here. Jake, Jake Lewis. Wait, we know Jake Lewis. Chicago Federation of Labor, the pride and joy of Evanston High School. That Jake Lewis? That Jake Lewis. Okay, just Weird. Make sure. Jake Lewis is one word, suboptimal. Ben, quick question. What does that mean? That means he's one of the smart kids at Evanston Township <laughs> High no School. No kidding. Not like a dummy like me. Huh? <laughs> Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Up next, it's Shia Kapos. Yes, that's Shia Kapos, Illinois Politico's own. She gave her one word, her one word, metamorphic. Whoa. I think she was a smart kid at Everson High School, too. Metamorphic. Ooh, that's some reefer stuff going down there. All right. <laughs> Get the bong out on that one. Metamorphic. I like that. Yeah. A little Franz Kafka. Well, we got more big words that this producer doesn't know what they mean. <laughs> How about Lucy? Lucy's one word, rebarbative. Oh, wow. Guys, you're just trying to I mean, show we, that you're yeah, smart. I was going to say, you guys have a thesauruses out there? <laughs> yeah. Just These are like, uh, you know... Uh, SAT words, you know. <laughs> the, you, did you take the SAT? Did you ever take the? Uh, I took the ACT. Oh my god, same thing. You know, it's like you after a while, like you know, I'm tired of this. I'm just gonna start marking. Yeah, that's all I am too. Like <laughs> I was really into it. Then about 20 minutes later, like ah, I'm bored. I knew a guy. He um on the ACTs. This is true. He put all C's on the ACT and got a 22. Which You're, is pretty good. How do you know that's true? He, I mean, he said it, right? Yeah. Okay, well. They made him retake it. You're kidding. No, they made him retake it. He put what do they C's, care? Right? I mean, like, guys, why would you make him re... Oh, sorry. You made fun of our test, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mister, you proved that this test is kind of bullshit. Hey, man, where, where was uh, Darren Bailey and the Hang'em High judge there? Damn that's I. a clear case of evading someone's... Freedom and liberty. You should have a freedom to answer any question, any answer you want. You know? Uh, DB, there's your next lawsuit. File a lawsuit. Jim, I think you may be right. Jim just put in, I think some of these folks are trolling Ben and Dr. D. I yeah, think they are. Possibly. Possibly. How about our dear friend from the Chicago Reader, Brianna? She's not going to troll us. Her one word, long. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, and it's endless. Yes. All right, uh, let's see here. We're just going to uh, skip through a few of these here. Uh, let's see. Oh, Chicago Reader's Tracy Bame. The one and only. She participated in this. She gave us her one word, Anguish. Also another cool band name, Anguish. Yeah, that's a good word. By the way, I looked up uh, rebarbative, and it means unattractive and unobjectionable. So good word. Who said that one? Uh, let me look up that uh, very smart word. Lucy. Lucy, excellent. Blue Mustang is in the mail. Yeah. Lucy, you're really smart. Uh, the Mustang is not in the mail. If we went to high school together, I would try copying <laughs> off of you. I would, sit, I would sit behind you, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, could you just move your shoulder a little bit? <laughs> there we go. Bingo. Okay, on to, uh, now this name's really interesting. Uh, I think her name's Rebecca, but the way she puts it on Twitter is Rebecca, exclamation mark. A lot of A's, a lot of H's. Her one word Cluster F word. Like that one. Who uh, was the one that said uh, shitstorm? 
Uh, I can't remember. It was Jeff Johnson. Oh, yeah, that was Jeff Johnson. Yeah, it was our guest yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, we'll do a few more here. Donald's one word is the F word, and no, it's not Donald Trump, guys. Just <laughs> regular Donald. And finally, uh, she's become a Benny J Show live stream chat room regular as of late. It's Claire. Claire's one word, destabilizing. Yes, that's a good word. But Thanks. I got to tell you, man, Lucy, I got, Lucy wins with rebarbative okay first of all it's a great word now i'm gonna use it all the time but unattractive and objectionable d i think that sums up this year so boom blue mustang on its way all right we don't give away prizes but congratulations (laughs) you are the winner of our one word contest i guess guys i think it's safe to say this segment was a hit oh yeah all right so let's do the news now uh so since shia campos of illinois politico has taken a well-deserved day off uh for the holiday i have no clue what our illinois governor jb pritzker (laughs) is doing today so we'd like to say to the governor mr pritzker i know we give you a hard time on this program but we hope you have a safe happy and fun-filled holiday weekend. Beginning this weekend. I'm not a perfect person. Okay, JB, getting a little crazy. (laughs) Hey, man, we're going to get into this a little while later. I have a lot of love for JB Pritzker on the 4th of July. He's got to deal with the insane Republicans in the state. We're going to talk about how popular Lori Lightfoot is a little while later uh, with her constituents. But she does not have to deal... Uh, with an insane lunatic fringe. So, JB, I know you're, uh, I hope you, just like Dennis said, you get some rest uh, and you uh, get your energy back and ready to go because I do have tremendous amount of sympathy for you because you have to deal with some nutcases. Best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. <laughs> All right, no one asked uh, you what your favorite yeah, concert Yeah, but, but when it comes to music, JB, come on, man. At least put Roberta Flack. Walk it in the pot. Watching winter turn to spring. So similar to the governor, we also have no clue what our Chicago mayor is up to today. Ben Jarofsky, any guess as to what Lori Lightfoot is doing this 4th right. of July Eve? Yes, duh. She's right now in Wrigleyville shutting down bars. <laughs> Shut down that bar. She loves shutting down bars, people. Good times. Yeah. So that's what she's doing, huh? Shutting down the shutting bars? Shut down bars. All I right. will shut you down. I will throw you in jail. <laughs> Yes, our mayor. All right. So on Thursday, uh, Mayor Lightfoot held a press conference. Now, people, we're currently in phase four of Lori Lightfoot's five-phase strategy to reopen Chicago. And if you're the owner of a bar or restaurant, after what Mayor Lightfoot had to say on Thursday in this press conference, I don't know, maybe just pretend we're in phase three, right? (laughs) Mixed message gate continues on the Ben Jarofsky show. So I have a handful of audio clips from yesterday's press conference. Shout out to NBC five Chicago for the audio. Please don't sue us. First off, (laughs) thanks to this press conference, Ben, we learned something about mayor Lightfoot. She is no fan of Michigan state. You know, I had to hold my nose when, uh, Superintendent Kelly talked about Michigan State, but that's all right. Now, what's the beef? Oh, uh, Michigan State. I was not, it's probably not the state of Michigan. It's probably, if it's my, uh, my guess is, Michigan State University. Yeah. I believe Lori Lightfoot, and don't quote me on this. We never for, do. I believe she's a graduate of Ohio State. I think she, she's definitely from Ohio. So my guess is that she, because she came to Chicago to go to law school, the University of Chicago. I believe she went to Ohio State. So I think that's uh, that's regarding the Big Ten f- uh, rivalry between Michigan State 
and uh, Ohio State. That's my guess. I, I'm not, you know what, D? I don't know if she's saying state of Michigan. You get what I'm yeah, saying? I'm assuming it's a sports thing. Yeah. Did, hey, can't we all get along? It's a pandemic. Wait, for Christ's sakes. Did she go to Ohio State? Or did she go? No, she went to Michigan. Frank! I think she went to Michigan, which would really... Ex- okay, we're here doing a deep dive on sports. Oh, God, everybody's... Yes. But I, in the state of Michigan, there's a huge rivalry, football rivalry between the University of Michigan and Michigan State. And now I believe that Lori Lightfoot went to the University of Michigan. I think I actually interviewed her about this deal. Shout out point. to Fred. Fred disagrees. He said, uh, the mayor is a Buckeye. Well, let's... You know what? Even I can look it up. Hold <laughs> Even on. he can look it up, guys. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. And we got nothing going on. Uh, We're just doing a show. Go Lori, ahead. Look that up. Lori Let's look it up on Google. It's cool. Lightfoot. Did I spell it right? Yeah, not like front, yeah, Lightfoot. All right, here we go. There's not a light boot, Lightfoot. All right, Lori Lightfoot is an American lawyer who, uh, since May uh, 2019, has served as the 56th mayor of Chicago. All right, let's see. Let's then we go go down and University of Michigan, and that explains. Oh, she doesn't like Michigan State. There's this rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State. Get well, it? that's stupid. That's the butter cow. <laughs> Since 1922. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank God we got that one settled, D. Well, I'm glad uh, now that the world has gone to hell, but, we could still have a. Uh... But she was making a joke. She was saying, you know, that's why she's so popular, D, because she's got a great sense of humor. Someone mentioned Michigan State, and she said, I don't like Michigan State. And then the press corps went, <laughs> good one, Mayor. You know, I had to hold my nose when. Uh... <laughs> Superintendent Kelly talked about Michigan State, but that's all right. <laughs> that's because she's from, she's a Wolverine, D, not a Spartan. Oh, those are the mascots, right? Yeah. Do I okay. know my stuff? Do I know my Big Ten stuff, huh? Listeners, please hang tight, all right? We got a lot of political content coming up here. Uh, all right, now on to this press conference. First, she noted uh, that Chicago's parks will remain open. Millennium Park. Maggie Daly Park, and most of our neighborhood parks will be open during the 4th of July weekend with safe social distancing and face coverings. Meanwhile, the Lakefront Trail, Riverwalk, and 606 will continue to open so long as visitors keep it moving. And that means running, biking, but moving. What that doesn't mean is standing or congregating. No congregating! No standing! Keep, keep it moving! These nope. parts are for athletes only, all no right? No bird watching, unless you're walking while bird watching, okay? Or preferably running while bird watching, or bike riding while bird watching. Don't stand and watch a bird. Is anybody just picturing someone with binoculars, like, walking as fast as they can? Um, <laughs> walking. And, you know, sometimes I would go to the park and just look at the sky and think about the universe. Well, those days are over, pal. Yeah. No, no contemplating. No contemplating the universe. Move. Okay. I'll contemplate the universe while I walk. But it's sort of self-defeating because when you were to contemplate a universe, you just want to stand there and be at one with the universe and do your Allen Ginsberg. That's what you want to do when you contemplate the universe. No contemplating the universe. No congregating, no contemplating. Just keep it moving. No hey, thinking. Where's DB to file a lawsuit on behalf of contemplating the universe, people, huh? He's feeding those hogs. All right. <laughs> So parks will remain open, but sad news for those looking to have a good time on the beach. Chicago's beaches will remain closed throughout the holiday weekend. And folks, let me be clear about this. 
Every single year, we lose so many people who drown in Lake Michigan. And this year, we have no lifeguards on the beaches because the beaches are closed. Please, don't be foolish. The lake is dangerous. It always is. It is deep. It has riptides and currents um, underneath the water that you may not see when it looks calm and placid on top. Be smart. Do not go into the lake. There's no lifeguards, and we don't want you to be another drowning casualty in our city. To help us reinforce all of this along the lakefront and in our parks, CPD's Bike and Marine Unit will be patrolling the area to keep our residents in compliance. Wow, so the, they're going to have police in boats uh, arresting swimmers. Uh, I'm with her, by the way. This is the old guy in me, you know. Not only should you not go into the water uh, when, when there's not a lifeguard there, but you should not go into the water uh, if you've eaten. All right, D, you got to wait an hour before you go into there. Have you ever heard of that one? Grandpa Ben over here. <laughs> no, but I'm with her. And I'm, Mayor Lightfoot, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but I do not understand, I still don't understand why the city of Chicago uh, has opened its libraries but keeps its beaches closed, but the city of Evanston has its beaches open and its library closed. D, this is, this is one of the mysteries of life that I wish I could contemplate at the lakefront while looking at the sky. But no, gotta keep moving. Unless I can contemplate that while on rollerblades. Evanston, libraries closed, beaches open. Chicago, beaches closed, libraries open. What does it all mean? My brain hurts. <laughs> and uh, hey, thanks, uh, Mayor. Uh, I never knew. <laughs> Lake Michigan, it's deep. Yeah, Lake Michigan is deep. It is. You know what? I'm not. I'm not undermining you. I, I'm with her 100. percent I get nervous I, when I'm in the old days when I would like be contemplating the universe at the lakefront. Don't do that. I do not do that anymore, Lori Lightfoot. Don't worry about it. I used to see the people out like swimming off the rocks and I would be like, that's not a good idea. There's, there's drop-offs. Oh my God, there's riptides. Oh my God, the water's cold. There's waves. Oh no. So I'm with you, Lori Lightfoot. I'm a worry wart just like you. Find Ben on the lake, swimming, <laughs> surfing maybe, who knows? Uh, no. Shout out to Brienne on the live stream uh, chat. She says, oh, Lori would know all about the lakefront. <laughs> yes, she would. She loves yes, the lakefront. And by the way, the lakefront loves her back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now uh, comes the biggest takeaway from this press conference. The following comes from NBC5 Chicago. With Chicago bracing for gatherings over the 4th of July holiday weekend, Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued a warning to mm. restaurants and bars oh, yeah. that allowed massive crowds of people and long lines on the first weekend of indoor dining. Wait. Oh, Ben, stall. I got to pull the clip. Well, what were your thoughts on that? We looked. We read the article from Block Club Chicago, and we saw a picture well, of several, several Northsiders, no masks, just hanging out by the bar waiting to get in. One more time, let's give a shout-out to the great Colin pa uh, Boyle. Uh, Colin black, Powell? No, Colin, <laughs> Colin Boyle. Now you got that in my head. For the rest of the year, I'll be calling Colin Boyle, Colin Powell. Thank you, Dennis. Hello. Uh, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, he was the uh, ace reporter photographer who took the pictures. I saw the pictures today. The Chicago Tribune was all over that story today, D. Here's my Tribune, home delivered as always. Get a look at that newspaper, listeners. And there's a picture on the front of three friends in Chicago, Wrigleyville. And, D, 
If there was a stereotypical picture of three guys. Oh, those are bros <laughs> if I've ever seen them. I'm just saying, guys. Oh, Lord. Three bros enjoying some brewskis <laughs> in Wrigleyville. Oh, bro, man. Bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> so, you know, I was going to say... Um, when I read uh, Colin's article and saw his pictures, that uh, he established without a doubt that Chicagoans are as dumb as cheeseheads. Remember when we were making fun of cheeseheads, Wisconsinians, whatever they're called, the uh, anyway, whoever they are, cheeseheads when they flock to the bars in Kenosha. Remember that? And then she couples. She got in that car, got right. in her little Ferrari with the top down, right? <laughs> Drove up to Wisconsin. Put on her mask, went into some of those bars, counted the number of Illinois license plates. So we knew people in northern Illinois were not uh, of the brighter persuasion. And now we learn that bros in Chicago, not that bright. Let's just all get together, drink beer, breathe in each other's faces, and have a good one. Uh, because all that matters is that we rock and roll. Yeah. That's my bro imitation. That was that, good. That was good. Hey, can you show me that picture again? I need to check something real quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, Bill Conway. Not on there. <laughs> no, Bill. Forgot his you name know, for Bill a second. Conway. No, the state's attorney. Uh, he's in Wrigleyville right now having a brewski. Shout out to KMA Barry, Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites. Yeah, that's good. Wisconsinites. All it's right. better to call them that than to call them cheeseheads. By the way, rumor has it, uh, Shia Kapos uh, did a beer bong. That's not true. I looked it up. She didn't do that. She did not. Come on. And I don't even know if she drives a Ferrari, though. It'd be pretty cool. Here I go to the border town. Thanks for your one word, Shia. All right. So, Lori Lightfoot, I have the audio here. Here's the big takeaway from the press conference. Lori Lightfoot talking to owners of bars and restaurants. Like I said, I don't know, guys. Just pretend like we're in phase three. I want to say a special word about our bars and restaurants. I cannot make this any plainer. We simply cannot have any large gatherings like we saw last weekend in our bars and restaurants. On a car early, call earlier today, I think there were several hundred people that were on. I made it very plain to bar and restaurant owners this. This is a make or break weekend for you. Your financial fate is in your hands. Abide by the rules or unfortunately, you're gonna suffer the consequences. And we're not playing with this. Heard a lot of complaints. Mayor, it's so difficult. Mayor this, mayor that, all kinds of excuses. It's on you. Business owners, your fate is in your hands. I don't want to have to shut you down, <laughs> but if you make me, I will. <laughs> First of all, did you notice uh, that Mayor Lightfoot was heading into our country, D? I think she's a big fan of the show. Oh, you think so? When she was, <laughs> when she started to imitate you know how I do that when I do the imitations of people? And she started to do that. What, did she do Ken Davis? No. <laughs> Coming up later today, Ken Davis, one-on-one -on -one with Benny J. Young Kenny D. But no, she was like, I heard all the excuses. Oh, mayor. <laughs> she started to go, then she realized, I am not Ben Jarofsky. I have respect for myself. She was like, ah, that's the last thing I want to do is quote that guy. Let's move on. Uh, I will shut you down. Yeah, no, we it, will shut you down. Yeah. We will cite you. Uh -huh. And if we need to, 
we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Got it. <laughs> take you to jail. I noticed she left that part out. She's not yeah, mass that was, arresting. That was the original version. Uh, what we heard there with, on the bars, that was the remix. That know? was the remix. By the way, and, and so that was a, she said that was a, uh, what do they think, Zoom conversation, did she say? Was it Zoom, D, with like a whole bunch of people? Isn't that what she said? I thought she uh, said Zoom. I hope. I hope uh, it wasn't so one-on-one. At some point, I bet you someone was taping it, in which case, just like that, infamous zoom conversation that took place with the alderman where somebody released it <laughs> that's how we got the great showdown between raylo and mayor remember that one d oh yeah yeah uh and uh, so i'm hoping someone releases this one but i'm with you 100 percent on this one uh mayor Lori lightfoot uh I, we see eye to eye on this uh the excuses by the bar owners i'm not buying it one bit i, I don't want an answer it's not something you ignore i think you're 100 percent full of shit is what i think and also, by the uh, way, uh, look forward uh, to future Ben Jarofsky shows for this Lori Lightfoot drop. Heard a lot of complaints. And we're going to be using that one yeah, quite a bit. I've heard a lot of complaints. Heard a lot of complaints. Uh, I'm sure you yes. have. I'm sure you have. A lot of people calling you all the time. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot, you wouldn't believe this, but there's a bar on Clark Street. No, but, you know, they're pretending there's nothing I could do about it. The bar owners, I tried everything I could, Madam Mayor. Well, there's nothing I could do about it. I don't know. I got a feeling there was something you could do about it. But yeah, it's just impulse. We've talked about this. This impulse that people have, they just don't get out of their houses. They, they don't really believe. They, they got that inner Darren Bailey. They, they don't really believe that the virus is real. And they don't really think it'll hurt them that bad. And if they get it, they'll probably get it over quick. And it's just Or the city oh, told us we can go out to the bars and go to the restaurants. Yeah, well, there's that too. The city did say do social distancing. They just don't believe they're going to get sick. And the bartenders are, the, the bar owners are like... Oh, there's nothing I could do, huh? Oh, they just keep throwing money at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy a few more beers. There's nothing I could do, Madam Mayor. They overwhelm me. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, um, but then, look, come on, D. How, how could you deny these three bros on the front page of the Chicago Tribune? There, They look know. like they're having so much. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Chicago Tribune, the cover. Check out those three bros. The three. And then in the they're article. about to do a push-up contest after uh, that picture was taken. By, by the way, in the article, I read the article, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. I actually read the article, okay? so wait. What a braggart. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is pre-show prep that I did it about. Are you ready for this? I got up really early today. And this is the difference between Dennis and he, one of the many. I, when I saw Dennis today, I go, man, I got up really early. And Dennis goes, oh, yeah, I got up really late today. What time did you get up? I go, 8.30. Oh, same time I got up. His early. My early is his late. Anyway, uh, what is it? They have a Tom Tunney. Oh, here we go. They called uh, Alderman Tom Tunney. He's the alderman of the 44th Ward. That's the ward in which Wrigleyville is located. That's where all the bars are located. I'm sure he gets a lot of campaign contributions from the bar owners and stuff. Uh, Lakeview Alderman Tom Tunney declined to comment on the situation. Whoa, there's a profile in courage. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm going to offend someone, either the mayor, who is the boss, or my campaign contributors. I think I'll just avoid that one. <laughs> heard a lot of complaints. Oh, so you talked to Jay Marie. <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot. Of, come on, Dean. One, one, one more time before we move on. Okay. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. 
I just want to know, did Mayor Lori Lightfoot say that to the bar owners when they go, well, there's nothing we can do about it? She should have told them off just like she told uh, Raylo. Come on, D, one more time. The three bros at Wrigley, oh. Wrigleyville. Oh, hey, I'm having a good... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bro. We're, we're pro-bro here on the Ben Jarosky Show. Love them. Love them. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> oh, good times. All right, guys. So that's our uh, news for the day. Uh, let's go to the live stream chat and see what you guys are saying here. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jim asks a great question. Ben, since you're such an early riser, <laughs> did Ben chop wood when he woke up early? <laughs> Blue Mustang to that guy for a great question. I, no, what I did, I, I, I don't know what happened, uh, Jim. I got up at 830. I was like, oh, my God, it's so early. And, of course, the whole world is already up and chopping wood. Uh, like Dennis every morning, just as Jim was uh, saying, every morning Dennis rises with the crowing of the rooster. And he chops some wood and smokes a bong. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't but, chop wood. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, but, uh, but no, I did not. I read the, the Tribune article. I saw these three bros in the front page. Oh, this is an interesting article. Hey. <laughs> Bro, all uh, right. Uh, Pat Rod. Pat Rod says, uh, I went out last weekend and forgot how awful going out is and how much I like staying home. So I'm staying home for fun now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of with you. I, uh, <laughs> uh, eventually, I will go back out. I think, the, you know, I used to love going to the local uh, the corner bar and watch the Bulls play, but... Uh, those days are over. I'm with you, Pat Rod. Shout out to Jim. Jim says, uh, hey, no congregating. Keep it moving on the trails or Mayor Lightfoot will put a boot up your... Okay. <laughs> She'll put a boot in your bike. Yeah, that was yesterday, the boot. No contemplating the universe in the parks, okay? Those days of contemplation are over. You got to keep moving. You have to contemplate while rollerblading. Mm, that'd be interesting. Jim's coming with the hits today. Uh, let's see here. Uh, first off, Jim says, uh, what about the Washington Deadskins? Oh. <laughs> oh, ben. <laughs> ben is speechless on that You know that what? One. We're going to bring Kevin Blackstone back on next. I got to get reach out to Kevin, uh, get his thoughts on this. Kevin Blackstone, of course, uh, making a movie about the, uh, un, the awful name that the Washington football team has been using for like a hundred years or whatever. Deep. Brianna says, how about the Washington Kofefes? <laughs> Donald Trump reference. Very good. Very good. Good. I'll oh. go with that. All right. And uh, that's about it, guys. Feel free to weigh in on the live stream chat. We uh, highly encourage that. We may read your comments a little later on. Also find us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on both Facebook and Twitter. Say hey to Leah while you're there. Leah's back. We can't thank her enough. Uh, she didn't superb job this week in helping us with our question of the week you can send us an email bennyjshow at gmail.com b-e-n-n-y the letter j show at gmail.com send us whatever it's cool and we have a phone number that's right you can reach the ben jarofsky show via telephone just like our old radio days mm. call us up uh <laughs> we don't have turns out all the 773 and 312 numbers are taken so we have a 708 number you can find the Ben Jarofsky Show. Call us up at 708-658-4788. Uh, we don't really get that many voicemails. Let's change that. Give us a cool 4th of July voicemail, huh? Maybe you're out lighting fireworks or something. Send us a voicemail. Say hey. That would be awesome. All right. We're going to take a little break. Wait. Oh, what? 
before we take the break. Okay. I, I just fantastic wanna, outro, but yeah. go ahead. That <laughs> was a good job. Good job. But I just want to say one thing. A shout out to Mark Brown, columnist for the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, two really outstanding columns, back to back, Mark Brown. Uh, and it has to do with Michael Taden Jr., who's a well-connected uh, political operative in the city of Illinois, uh, who owns very expensive digs on the lakefront, uh, right across the street from the park, where you're not allowed to contemplate anymore, D. Right across the street from Lincoln Park. Keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, anyway, uh, he wrote a very funny column about uh, how Michael Taden had clout, and apparently uh, his property abuts the park. It's park land, but he put these hedges up, so people think it's private property. Uh, Mark Brown read about it in Block Club. We're just going to shout out the Block Club. They're on a roll. Good God, they're on a roll. Block Club. Uh, this and- is the biggest uh, summer since uh, the alligator. <laughs> yes, last year they were covering uh, Gator Gate. Now they're uh, doing a lot of other stuff. Anyway, so uh, he went there and he hung out, even though... You would think the land is private property because it's behind this row of hedges. It's actually public property. So Mark Brown came out. Uh, he had he took a, a chair. He plopped the chair down, and he was wearing a red hat that looks Mark looks kind of like a MAGA hat. I'm just saying. I don't think it is Let me a MAGA. See that. Looks a little MAGA. Uh, Can't little, wear a red hat these days, guys. You know. I mean, well, I don't. Anyway, uh, but and here's and he ate a hot dog. Okay, well, I gotta give Mark Brown credit. I'm, I'm reading this. Proud and the to highest, be an American. The highest compliment I could pay another writer, another columnist is like, God, I wish I had written this column. God, I wish I had written this column. God, I wish I had a hot dog. <laughs> like that too. Uh, anyway, so the caption of the photograph that shows a Mark Brown with his MAGA hat, not MAGA hat, MAGA hat, MAGA looking hat. Uh, eating the hot dog, it says, here's a caption, and it says, Chicago Sun-Times columnist Mark Brown writes while eating a hot dog outside businessman Mark Michael Tayden's home on Wednesday. I think that's a great caption. Writes while eating a hot dog, and he's scribbling notes. He's an old-school reporter, still uses a pen and a piece of paper. Anyway, uh, everybody check out Mark Brown's column. Great job, Mark. Uh, as appreciation, your blue Mustang is in the mail as well. <laughs> Don't give away prizes. Uh, hey, if you want to congratulate Mark personally, I know where you may be able to find him. You see some feller running up and down Cricket Hill. That's probably Mark Brown. Yeah, and it, it, it'll be a guy in a red hat eating a hot dog while he runs up Cricket Hill. And as we all know, Mark Brown made a mistake. He... Uh, he said that he went up and down Cricket Hill 15 times. Nobody believes him. And <laughs> hey, we can prove it now. Because, you know, as long as we don't stand, we have to. Okay, here's what we do. We're going to go you, me, Ramana Hussein, because she's in on this as well. Uh, and we'll go to the uh, Cricket Hill with Mark Brown. And uh, he will run up and down the hill. We will count him, but we will not stand still and count him, D, because we don't want to violate uh, Lori Lightfoot's rule. So we'll walk around the hill while Mark Brown runs up the hill. How about that, D, huh? That's how we're going to do it. No congregating. No. Heard a lot of complaints. Mm-hmm. You have. She has heard a lot of complaints. She knows who's been good and who's been bad. She's like Santa Claus. All right, <laughs> All right everybody. That's our news there. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break here. And when we come back, it is the return of our dear friend, the one, the only, Around here, we call him Young Kenneth, Kenny D, Ken Davis. Don't go anywhere, people. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from Ben's attic. And right now, we're going to play a little uh, Michael Girardi. 
Hosts pick, huh? Ben, what's on? We heard editorial board earlier. So uh, we have a new low, bailout, tax increment financing, or shelter in place. Which one you want? Let's do shelter in place. Shelter in place. All right. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from Ben's Attic. Don't go anywhere, everybody. Keep it coming on the emails, the Gmails, the Facebook, the Twitter. We'll be right back.
Hey, everybody, we're back. Remember, you can download those songs. Just search for Michael Girardi Bandcamp. G-E-R-A-R-D-I. I hope this song that you're hearing right now, you can find there as well. Uh, he made this song as well. So go check those songs out. All right. It's now time for our host's favorite part. I love this part. He loves this part. I love this part of the show. For some reason, he just loves this I love part. This calling guests. Where we call our guests live. Yeah. Let's see if they answer the phone. All right. It's so- always the possibility that one of them will... We once had a guest. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, well, yeah, that just really well, forgot. <laughs> so the uh, number belonging to that <laughs> happened to us. We're like, oh boy, uh, what are we gonna do? But uh, one ringy dingy is it ringing? I don't hear it. Oh, I'm calling now. Here we go. Ken Davis. Young Let's Kenneth. see if he answers. Let's see if he answers. Young Kenneth Davis. We're live, people. The pride and joy of Chicago. people. Two ringy dingies. Kenneth. <laughs> All right. Ken. How are you? Good. We're live. Yes, we're live. And, uh, we're live. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we are doing in the attic. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're on the air. Oh yeah, they're all listening to you. Say something really intelligent. You know, I just, I, I was, the my commute is just so short when I do these things with you now. But uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how soon, uh, when you know, when the world gets back to normal, and you're still doing your show in the attic in a, in a year or two, <laughs> I'll be able to take the brown line over there, and I'll use the uh, the flyover, and I'll get right to your house. Ah, uh, yes. He had to go there. <laughs> Kenneth Davis. You see they're building it already. Doesn't it look great? Have you been along like Clark Street recently? See those big towers going up? Oh, my God. It's so cool. All right. First of all, let me uh, a word of explanation. Uh, the flyover is this cockamamie boondoggle uh, that Mayor Rahm <laughs> cooked up. Uh, and yet I have, I have been outnumbered by flyover supporters on my own show. How about that? How about that for a democracy? <laughs> you think Mayor Daly Even would allow you're it? wrong sometimes, oh, Ben. Yeah. Sometimes. Ken Davis supports it. Dave Glowat supports it. And uh, I'm the only one who's against it, uh, the flyover. I think, by the way, okay, so you said, yes, I do know that to make way for the flyover, they had to clear away some property uh, just yes. east of the current yes. L tracks. Now, this was all pre-pandemic. I got to tell you, Ken, I've not been on a train since March. Neither have I. Yeah. So I just want to know: Are they really yeah. building it, or is it? You don't. Know. Oh yeah, they're building like crazy. I was just driving down Clark Street a couple. Of, that's what made me think of it. it was two, three days ago, just driving down Clark Street, and there, there they are. Wait a minute. Hold on. Towering over everything. You were driving down Clark Street near Belmont. Oh, my God, Dennis. This picture of the three bros at the bar in Rickyville? Yeah. That's Ken Davis. <laughs> oh, my God, that is. <laughs> Ken Davis. Dang, bro. God dang. Well, I wasn't wearing a mask. You should be able to see who I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the uh, front page of the Chicago Tribune. We've been having a lot of fun with this, Ken Davis. It's a picture of three uh, young fellers just enjoying the heck out of their beer and their camaraderie uh-huh. at uh, some right. bar in Wrigleyville. Uh, and, you know, as long as they're happy, <laughs> I'm happy for them. All right, so yeah. much to discuss with Ken Davis. I know some listeners are saying, where's Romana? Well, Romana is on vacation or something. Uh, so Ken Davis has been uh, very, uh, very, very uh, privileged to have Ken Davis. So it's my job to, 
Yeah, it's my job to sort of, uh, you know, insult Nick Dunby today. I'll do it. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Could you just throw him under the bus right now and get it over with? Uh, and then while you're at it, throw white women under the bus too. All right, no, I'm no, just kidding. Ramana Hussein will be back here uh, next week. And uh, But uh, meantime, Ken Davis. Ken, there's so much to talk about. We could do national news. We could do local news. I'm going to allow you to choose. Do we start with the national news and the bizarre aversion uh, that people in this country of the Republican persuasion have to wearing masks or should we start with the local news you tell me hello the decision the quite <laughs> the decision apparently has just thrown he him just hung up he's like i can't make up my mind <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> ken are you there maybe we have to call him back this is the first time this has ever happened d yeah Let's i mean he didn't hang up i mean the call isn't hasn't dropped i'm like kenneth okay? kenneth Oh, boy. He was like, screw this. Yeah. All right, let's see. Let's try it again. Call him again. All right, everybody. Well, that was interesting. Let's, let's see, see what happens if we call him back and the phone is busy. Oh, boy. We're, <laughs> we're in trouble because this is a landline that we're calling. So here we go, Dennis. All right, hang tight out. here, everybody. I decision. He just fell apart. I know. These hard-hitting questions <laughs> you give these guests sometimes. Oh, My God. Decisions. Oh, there we go. Good afternoon. Lightfoot for vice president. How may I help you? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I was just, I was yakking away and suddenly you guys are just talking over me and I didn't know what happened. All right. So. so did you, did you make your decision local or national? Which is your decision? Local. All right. Let's start. Local. With, all right. Uh, let's start with Mayor Lori Lightfoot's popularity. There was an article in the Chicago Sun-Times today. We did not discuss this in the news portion of the show. So let's discuss it now. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, robust ratings is the headline in my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, it was a poll commissioned by Lightfoot pollster Jason McGrath, who's been on the show. Yes, And McGrath, uh, yeah. it, quote, it shows the first-year mayor with her highest job approval rating yet at 78%, with nearly two-thirds of the voters, with nearly two-thirds of those voters, 46% overall, saying they strongly <laughs> approve. And, of course, on the North Lake front, it's 175%. Because they vote twice. They love her so much. The, the highest rating since Carter Harrison, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's been in those numbers. General yeah. thoughts about well, this. Well, my general thought about this is that, um, let's see, if I, did I get, I put some dates down here. Yeah. Uh, March 27th was the day that she officially closed the lakefront, I believe. And about three days later, maybe around March 30th, the Lori Lightfoot memes started showing up everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when she completes her fourth or fifth term as mayor, the people who write her biography will be long gone, but those people who write the biography will say that her mayoralty started when those, when whoever it was started distributing those memes, because that's when you started to feel something, something organic sort of springing up here that, oh yeah, Mary Light, Mayor Lightfoot is really cool. And she was able to, she was smart enough to jump onto it, not only not criticize it, but, you know, to, to endorse it and, and start doing her own. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was a really smart move on her part. And I think it paid off. All right. Now, as everybody knows who knows anything about me, I have 
of the contrarian persuasion. So if the entire city of Chicago was going one direction, I generally start moving in the opposite direction. Uh, and somebody's got to be in that. 8%. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody's got to be in that 22%. Uh, <laughs> So this reminds me that I spent most of the 90s complaining about a certain uh, Mayor Daly, Richard M. Daly, uh, who was also... Say what you will about Mayor Daly. Say yeah. what you will. He looks better and better with each passing year, uh, who was also <laughs> exceedingly popular. Ken, you know this because uh, you actually at one point were working for Mayor Daly during that uh, era. Yes, I was. Yes, um, I was. So let's compare, in your humble opinion, Mayor Lightfoot's popularity at the moment with Mayor Daly's popularity back in the 90s. Well, I mean, without having done research on this and pulling up the numbers to verify what I'm saying, off the top of my head, I would say Mayor Daly's popularity was – um, geographical. Let's just put it that way, right? I mean, you go to certain parts of the city, and there were shrines. They would they took down the uh, Mother Mary shrines and put up Mayor Daly shrines in the front yard. But there were other parts of the city where you know he was. I'm sure he wasn't pulling more than twenty percent. This thing with Lightfoot appears to be something different. Something that I don't think you or I have ever seen, where across the city. Um, in all the you know all the major demographics and all the major socioeconomic groups, she seems to be pretty darn popular, um, and that is weird. That's just something that we're not accustomed to. And I, I find myself just kind of like rubbing my eyes and saying, "Wait a minute, is Chicago still here? I mean, am I? Where am I? What's going on here?" Now, of course, you know very well, and we all do that it won't last, and um, you know. A year from now, we'll be looking back on this conversation and just, you know, laughing and saying, can you believe that she was, you know, she was reporting 70, 80 percent? Because one of the things that's happened in the year uh, that she's been in office is that she's really kind of honestly, to be perfectly honest, she's been able to kind of skate around a lot of the really, really big issues. The, the fact that the, the budget is, is going to just crunch in on her, uh, her issues with police relations and community relations. All of these things have been kind of, she's been given a, I won't say a pass, but she's been given a kind of a, a, a wide leeway to, to work on these things. And these are not things that uh, can be resolved, and they're not things that are going to be resolved in a way that's going to please everybody, and eventually she will – these numbers will come down to a more realistic uh, position. That's what I think. Well, in, to the point you're making, um, this is post-pandemic. So all yeah. the issues. Well, post pandemic one. Yes, post it's <laughs> correct. Pandemic phase yeah, one. Phase right. one. This this pandemic could be around for a while and various phases. Yeah. But all the issues yeah. that you're you're talking about, all the budget issues that she had to face, all the police contract issues that she had to face, uh, and uh, all the tough decisions on taxation, et cetera, and so forth, have been pushed to the side because mm -hmm. we're in the middle of this crisis, and. Right. Uh, my theory that I uh, articulate all the time, uh, and I've said it, we've had conversations about this, uh, is that Chicagoans, I always find this baffling, but this is uh, the, the city I've chosen to live in. Chicagoans really like having a tough mayor. They, mm -hmm. There's that authoritarian mayor they like. There's uh, mm -hmm. Chicagoans, I think they have this worldview that people are mm -hmm. inherently evil and wrong and if you don't have a like uh, a tough mayor to keep them in line 
Uh, they will just tear down the city. And so they like it when the mayor says, you cannot go to the lakefront. We will shut you down. Uh, that's my theory as to why, in part, she's so popular with Chicagoans. What's your reaction? I've always felt that way, but I don't feel that way about Lori Lightfoot. I, I don't, I mean, I think some of that is still working for her, but I, there's something different. There's something different about her than there was. Look, um, I think we're, we've got enough time now that we're getting enough perspective that we can see that in so many ways, Rahm Emanuel did fulfill the whatever it was, seventh and eighth terms or whatever it was of the daily administration. But I do not feel that uh, Lightfoot is one of those. I don't. I don't feel that she's doing that. And um, there, I think that there is some popularity for the fact that she is a refreshing change. Uh, she's willing to be controversial in a way that Rahm Emanuel would never have done. I mean, Rahm Emanuel would never have issued that lakefront warning. He would have had someone else do it. He would have the park district chief or somebody do it. Um, Lightfoot is willing to put herself on the line in a way that other mayors in my lifetime haven't. Well, I mean, there's always the Harold Washington exception on everything, but but I, I can't quite put my finger on it yet, and it's going to take a while before we'll see this in a real perspective, but I think she's different. I think she's a different kind of a human being, a different personality, and people are picking up on the fact that there's something more real about her. And this sounds like, I'm starting to sound like I'm being a publicist or something, and I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's something a little bit more organic about her, uh, not quite as polished and um, refined by all of the researchers and all that. Not saying she doesn't do those things, but she doesn't appear to be that way. She appears to be more like just this, you know, nice lady who lives on the Northwest side. Well, uh, I, that's why I always go back to daily. In some ways, they're and obviously they're entirely different human beings, and uh, but in some ways, she reminds me her popularity and the way she goes about herself reminds me of Mayor Daley, not Rom. Rom, everybody knows <laughs> I had issues with Rom to put it mildly, but he was a fraud, and this is I think Chicagoans came to that conclusion really fast. And uh, you're absolutely correct. When there was a tough decision that had to be made, uh, uh, Rom, remember when the when Rom ordered the school when the ultimately when the schools fifty schools were closed, mm-hmm. Rom was skiing mm-hmm. in Utah yeah. or wherever he yeah. was, and yeah, Barbara he always Bird, had a front person to yeah. do the work for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, and and Chicagoans saw through that. Whereas I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct. If she were going to close schools, uh, Lori Lightfoot would make the announcement herself, and yeah. that. Chicagoans would be more appreciative of that. She, where she reminds me of Daly is that she's not afraid just to be who she is. So those clips mm-hmm. where um, she's, you know, I will shut you down. We play it all the time. <laughs> I will arrest you, you know. Uh, and, it, <laughs> and people in Chicago are, yeah, arrest us, yes. Uh, it reminds me so much of Daly in the 90s. Uh, if there's a mouse in your salad, you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> what? What was that one? What? Huh? That's that's daily at some press conference where they were talking about closing restaurants down or something, and he said, um, "If there's a mouse in your salad, you're going to want to know." <laughs> and Chicagoans are like, "Yeah, 
I, you're the one. Tell yeah. the fuck the one uh, where you had. I think you either were there or you saw a clip of it where Mayor Daly uh, was in Englewood, and he was. Oh talking. yeah, I've told that story so many times. Yeah, yeah. And he walks in. It's a. It's one of these kind of classic meetings with a group of older African American folks sitting in a, a. You know how. How much more cliche could you get sitting in a church basement? And um, they're all very polite to him. He walks in and he just kind of walk. He just kind of looks around the room with a quizzical look and walks up to the microphone and says, "Oh, you don't look like a bunch of gangbangers to me." And within like five seconds, they were like almost all on their feet and cheering and applauding because it was like he was talking to them about the thing that they most you know, they most felt, right? That That's probably what you think. All you white people, you come down here, and you just think, well, it's just a bunch of gangbangers. So, you know, he was good at that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> what, one thing, one thing that Lori Lightfoot is also good at that she learned from Mayor Rahm and uh, Mayor Daly, and this is probably not uh, the reason why she's so high in this public opinion poll that she released, is she's pretty good at playing budget games. Uh, and this has been yeah, uh, yeah. one of my obsessions as I watch this unfolding debate regarding uh, police in the public schools. And Ken, I did a story on this this week for the reader, and you and I had a brief conversation about this. Good piece. I read it, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. To me, yeah. what's really going on here, uh, they're essentially in f- using local school councils as sort of an excuse uh, to get the Board of Education, the Chicago Public Schools, to pick up the salaries of police officers. So they're, they're getting s- the schools to pay part of the police department's budget, which yeah. probably yeah. would be really unpopular if you could get the public to confront it head-on that way. Yeah. But what mayors are really good at is sort of keeping th- those kinds of stark uh, declarations yeah. in the shadows. You know, you know, Ben. I was, I, I just, you're, you're just jogging my memory here. I was going to check this out this morning, and then I totally spaced it. But my recollection is that from the beginning, since the, the CTA had uh, a transit uh, police, I'm pretty sure those are Chicago. Most they mostly are Chicago police officers, and the same thing happens. There's an intergovernmental agreement where the CTA pays for them, right? Isn't that what happens? I can't remember because I you're I think you're right, but I I hesitate to say you're absolutely right. And then we because uh, if my vague foggy memory serves me right, that was the model that Daly used when he initially took. Uh, I mean, your your piece yesterday was great because it jogged all my memories about. God, it was what it was. It was a hundred million, wasn't it, or something? Yes, a hundred million. Yeah, a hundred million dollars just got taken out of this this ravaged school budget. I mean, you know, this has been going on since Joe Hannon and before. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. since 1975 at least. The schools have been broke. They've had nowhere near the money they need to do the work they need, and here in the middle of this little crisis where Mayor Daly had to come up with some money for the police department and he knew he didn't have it. He knew it wouldn't be popular if he raised taxes to raise $100 million. He just took it out of the school budget. I mean, that's that's essentially what happened. Yep. And uh, it was done as a, as a way of paying for the police in the schools, which I'm not even, again, this is, this is, we 
we're now talking a couple decades ago. I can't recall whether the police, the uh, CPS was asking for those police or not, but they <laughs> yeah. got them. Yeah, <laughs> whether they wanted them or not. Yeah. Right. And and interestingly enough, uh, and this is something that really I had forgotten, is that it was during Claypool's reign at the CPS that he actually stopped it, right? He, well, he actually, I mean. Let's amend that statement. Okay. Stop it is not the right word. But but that process of, of just taking the money out of the school budget and giving it to the police was momentarily stopped. Yeah, and, and all right, this is why I just said let's just pause for a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, Forrest Claypool, uh, as Ken is uh, uh, saying, was the, in charge, the, the CEO of the Chicago Public Schools uh, during Rahm Emanuel's uh, administration. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Forrest Claypool was the one who announced that the schools from this point on would not be paying for the cops in the schools. But I guarantee you, Forrest Claypool did not, quote-unquote, stop that practice. I guarantee right. you that decision was made by Rahm Emanuel, and Forrest Claypool merely was, again, this gets back to what you were saying. Rahm yeah. Emanuel, instead of making yeah. the announcement himself, had his flunky at the schools make the yeah. announcement. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the problem Mayor Rahm had. He wanted to pretend he wasn't uh, the one orchestrating things. And that happened... Uh, Ken, right around the time of the Laquan McDonald tape. Of the Laquan McDonald, exactly. That, 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 that was the part that I hadn't gotten to. And it, I'm not saying this because I want to uh, attribute uh, credit to anybody for having done it, but it just goes to show how this stuff uh, uh, rides up and down on the weight of, of current events. Um, when it's popular or when you think you can get away with it, you do it. And when the heat is on, you move away from it temporarily. And I think that's what happened. And now we're back to a $33 million budget. But, but you know, this is, this is where the real nuts and bolts of this thing come in, Ben, because the narrative, if you will, the narrative is that the the parents and the teachers and the schools all wanted this police protection. And so the city agreed that it was the mayor's office agreed that it would, it would put these police in the schools where they were wanted and that the cost of 33 million will come out of the budget. Now we're seeing Janice Jackson and maybe it's even some degree Lightfoot herself starting to say, well, we can put some choice into this matter. If, if you don't want them in your schools, if your local school council doesn't want them, then maybe we can, you know, we can, we can take them away. But as, as was asked at the, at the, city council joint meeting yesterday and has been asked several times if, if you're a school that you have you have two um you know sros as they're called school resource officers if you have these two in your school and your school decides your principal and your lsc and maybe your parents groups whatever they all say you know we we really feel that we'd be better off without them you can surrender the cops but you don't get the money <laughs> so you, so your choice Actually, it's not really a choice of whether you want police in your schools. The choice is, do you want cops in your schools or would you like to just you send that money to someplace else in the police department? Because you're not going to get it for your school. Oh, so it continues yeah. to be a kind of a $33 million tax that the police department levies on schools. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're, they're, they, uh, under the guise of giving uh, local school councils a choice, they give them no choice at all. 
because as uh, Ken's pointing out, if you put a price tag on the police officers or two police officers in a school, it may come out to, I'm just making up a number, $200,000. So if a school says we don't want those police officers, uh, we would rather have the $200,000 at which point the Chicago public schools, and you don't get two hundred thousand dollars. You get the cop in we the didn't school. Say you get the money. We yeah. said you want the cops. Yeah, because that money's still going to the police right. department. Right. Uh, it's right. Just, right. Now, now what's interesting? I believe I saw this uh, uh, in one of the newspapers that actually the terms of the intergovernmental agreement, uh, which I I read, but I missed this uh, the language, the intergovernmental agreement that uh, between the Board of Ed and the Police department. Let's just take a moment, by the way, Ken, to pause to just appreciate that. All of these entities, the Board of Education and the Police Department, are run by people appointed by the mayor. So the notion that there's like a negotiation for an intergovernmental <laughs> agreement, <laughs> you know? The intergovernmental agreement comes with two phone calls <laughs> from <laughs> the mayor. That's right. One phone call to the Board of Education and one phone right. call to the... All right, this is what you got to do. The schools right. are going to pay for these cops. Right. Shut up and yeah. sign a piece yeah. of paper that says that. Yes, boss. Yeah. Uh, but but any... you see, this is part of the reason why mayors are so popular here, because there's a sense of order in all of yes. that, isn't there, Ben? Yes. Isn't there something that's just kind of rewarding and warm about it? You know, we're not going to have all this yelling and screaming like they do in, like, I don't know, New York or something. No, it's just, it's all done. It's all settled. Uh, well, Calm act- down, Ben. Uh, actually, we do have some. Dee, D- could you play? I don't think Den- uh, Kenneth has ever heard. <laughs> Let's play uh, Raylo and Lori and their little exchange. Oh, right yeah, here. yeah, oh. yeah. That's a fun one. Well, it's a go. gem on the show. Okay, I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think... <laughs> Gets me every time. So, Ken, there's not so much order going on, okay? (laughs) Not a lot of order in that conversation. But that's just pure entertainment. I mean, that's just total and pure entertainment. Everybody loves that. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, everybody loves it. That's why... that we only heard it because someone uh, illegally taped it, and the meeting right. itself was actually illegal as well. It was so funny. So it was an illegal meeting, yeah, yeah. an illegal taping <laughs> right, of an illegal right. meeting. Nobody even knew this meeting was going on except them. Yeah, it's a yeah. violation of the uh, Open Meetings right. Act. Lori Lightfoot right. immediately threatened to investigate, launch an invest. I think she filed a complaint with the Attorney General's office, and then someone uh-huh. must have, hey boss, they must have pointed out, hey boss, the meeting was illegal. <laughs> So it's really hard to talk. The meeting was illegal. I don't know. Uh, good, uh, good point. Well, you know, she's new, Ben. She doesn't know these things yet. Yeah, she's only a corporate lawyer with like 40 years experience. And it made it up all the way up to this attic. This yeah, attic. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. things aren't as orderly, but your point's a good one. Back in no, 1995. I'm, I'm, I'm clowning around about that. But but where where I think the focus is, where a major point where the focus is, is this is this hearing yesterday at the city council, uh, I thought it was really interesting. It was the Sun-Times write-up of the Negarissa's story today. was pretty incredible. He said that uh, all through the hearing, uh, it was supposed to be an information gathering on you know, how it works with the police and the schools and all that. But CPD and CPS officials didn't have any answers to several key questions. And those are, may I read them to you? Go ahead. How many students are arrested at school every year? 
uh, uh, gee, uh, um, I, I don't know. I have to look that up. I don't. I don't know. Um, how many schools with officers have active local school councils? Active local school councils. Gee, I'm sorry, Alderman. We don't have that information. She says, leafing through her book. Um, I'll find that out and get back to you on that, or something like that. You've seen this happen a million times, right? Oh yeah. How? How many officers have been removed from schools because of misconduct or complaints? Uh, I'd have to check that with the police department. I don't know if that number is available. I'll get back to you on that ultimately. How many complaints have resulted in lawsuits? I mean, these are the kinds of questions that you really have to have answered. And there was no answer for them. So that's what that's what led Sophia King to this thing of the false choice, cop or no cop. What you're actually telling us is we don't really have choice. We have a choice of whether whether you want whether we want one of your cops in our school or not. And that is the that's the thing that just brings me to this whole issue about the L the LSCs. I find this really, really remarkable. I mean, you know, Ben, we both remember that whole battle about creating the LSCs and how bloody that was. I mean, in the 80s, it was just, it was just absolutely, it was a, a, a gut-wrenching process. And what was born out of it was a highly flawed thing. But what we have now is that this whole thing that, well, in fact, Stacey Davis Gates talked about it on your show, that in some schools, the LSCs are advisory only, and it's because of this SQRP thing, the school quality rating policy, where some schools, if they fall below a certain threshold, their LSCs are essentially reduced to just being advisory bodies. They don't actually get the opportunity to vote on anything. And and what really has to happen here is if, if, if Lori Lightfoot means what she's saying, that she wants the schools to have a choice in this, then doesn't she have to get something, doesn't she have to take the lead in making sure that the LSCs actually become something of a deliberative body in these schools and not just a rubber stamp for the principal? I mean, the that was the whole idea of the LSCs, if I recall correctly, from 30 years ago. That's what they were supposed to be. Not micro school boards, but, but hands-on organizations that monitor the schools and make decisions like this kind of decision, like do we want active police in our school, yes or no? And by the way, the answer to that is across the board. There are probably many, many schools that really do, really sincerely want to have police in their schools. They're worried. Their teachers are worried. Their parents are worried. And on the other hand, you've got, uh, you know, you've got Liz Dozier, uh, who spoke to, I think it was the Sun-Times this week, and said, uh, you know, she was the principal of Fenger and a very celebrated principal, and she said that she doesn't believe in police in the schools. She thinks that even that giant school, Fenger, that she was running that had so much violence in it that it could still be handled better without police in it. So there's a wide variety of views, and maybe maybe Lightfoot is right when she says that the schools should have the choice, but if you're going to give them the choice, then they actually have to have the choice. Yeah. We want the police, or we want to use that money. We want to not send that 200000 your number. We don't want to send that $200,000 over to the police department. Thank you very much. We're going to keep it here, and we're going to hire some people or some services or whatever it is that we think our school really needs. And 200 k for some schools is a pretty significant amount of money. Yeah, no, that was a great riff, by the way, Ken. And uh, yes, I am so old that I remember 
uh, what went down in the late 80s when we uh, the LSCs were invented. Uh, they emerged yep. uh, uh, in the aftermath of the devastating uh, two-week strike, I think it was, and the teacher strike of 1987. Yeah. Harold Washington was the mayor, yeah. and uh, right yeah. before he died, he made the movement to decentralize the public schools. Harold Washington declared he did not want to be uh, the boss in charge of the public schools. He didn't believe the public schools should be politicized. And so mm -hmm. there was a movement to decentralize the schools. Each individual school be governed by a local school council of teachers, parents, and community reps that would be uh, elected by people in the neighborhood, parents, uh, and the teachers. And they would have mm -hmm. decision-making authority. Uh, Harold Washington died. Eugene Sawyer was mayor for a couple of years. It existed. They left it alone. Mayor Daley came into office, and he decided. And that, he said, what? What? I don't control <laughs> everything? This? And here's the deal, folks. This is the, the point to the If you have decentralization for all its potential flaws for all the noise for all the unrest of democracy right for all the squabbling that occurs whenever we have a democracy if you have that then the mayor can't decide on her own to take a hundred million dollars out of the public schools and send it to the police department and that's what decentralization does. It puts control over the money in the hands of the schools. Mayor Daley decided he didn't want to give up control of the money, and so he got the law changed, and they went from yeah. a decentralization model to a centralized yep. model, and it's been that way ever since 95. Like yep. yep, just yep. like that. And they called it reform. The first thing was reform. Mm -hmm. The second thing was reform. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was reform. reform. It was reformulating, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is yeah. my my first rule to anybody in the city of Chicago or the state of Illinois: do not believe what they tell you when they're reforming something. Okay, it's usually yeah. deform. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. and a lot of again, this gets back to my point, Ken. A lot of Chicagoans, you're right. They they you know what? I'd rather have order. I'd rather have mm -hmm. an autocracy with the mayor in charge yeah. than yeah. a democracy. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's... I'm sure people who lived under Mussolini felt that way, too. It's like it, you know, the old, the old trains are running on time kind of situation, right? It's just, it's just human nature. We just want, we want comfort. We want, we want to know that somebody's taking care of these things, you know. But, um, again, I think the important point here, though, is that if it's going to happen, it's got to happen at all the schools. And the LSCs have to have the power to do that but like everything else then there's it's a two-way street because just imagine you know i was looking it up this morning you know when the night that there was supposed to be an lsc election in april mm -hmm. but it got postponed for all of the same reasons mm -hmm. and there's now talk of you know maybe having it in the fall just imagine if somehow or other the LSCs suddenly found themselves with the power of actually determining school by school whether police officers are going to be in those schools. All of a sudden, that LSC election is going to have importance beyond anything we've ever seen with LSCs. I mean, you always see these PSAs on TV and everything. Please, please, please <laughs> run for your local school. Please. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the FOP and the CTU are going to be putting millions into these things and making sure that their people are on those boards. So there's that side to it, too. Yeah, I my guess is it won't come to that. Uh, this was, oh, uh, I don't think it will. Uh, yeah, right? I, I I'm think, just saying, yeah it could be. The potential, you're absolutely correct. 
uh, if you're if the mayor is going to decide to carry on with this uh, notion that this is all about local control when clearly it's not, yeah. uh, when clearly yeah. it's just a budget game uh, where you're yeah. moving money from the schools to the police department and now you're hiding behind the local school councils. But if she's going to stick with that, uh, it's going to come down to a vote. Follow me on this. The Board of Education, you talk about democracy. The Board of Education has always been a rubber stamp since 95 of the mayor. They were appointed by the mayor. Now we have a board appointed by the mayor, but is showing an inclination to break from her on this issue. And that's what that vote was. Was it last week where the board narrowly uh, defeated a resolution uh, to terminate this intergovernmental agreement and take the police yeah, out of Yeah, but it was only government. for two months, though, right? I mean, it's only till like, October. Or uh, August. So the it wasn't contract... exactly a profile in courage. Well, it was, okay. For, for, for Chicago, they would have John <laughs> yeah, Kennedy okay, would have to rewrite the book. <laughs> oh, my God, what happened to me? I had a momentary relapse. Yes, this I mean, is Chicago. It's Chicago, all right? You know, this is not Kenilworth, all right, where, you know, this is not New England where the people are in a church and, you know, all right, if you yeah. like this, stand up. You know, ah, this is Chicago. So but you see, I think I think that Lori Lightfoot is clever enough that she knows exactly what she's doing. Maybe they had this plan. Maybe they had this four to three thing figured out long in advance. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's only a couple of months till the end of the contract. Go ahead. You can have it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this position. You can take that position. And then we'll we'll hash it out down the road. But it, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's an advantage to her in having the vote go the way it did. Wow. I, if I never thought there was somebody more cynical and jaded in the world than me, and I just learned Ken Davis, the whole thing was made up. The, the little game of democracy was actually controlled by Mayor Lori Lightfoot to give you the appearance that we have a democracy. Well, anyway, they got to revisit it because the contract. Is- I watch too much cable TV news. I'm just, I've become one of these like conspiracy theorists. Everything's a conspiracy. Alex Jones. Dennis, do your Alex Jones imitation for Ken. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. Ken Davis. Is with us. He is our guest today, fellow conspiracy theorist. Infowars.com. Damn you, China! <laughs> I'm gonna eat my neighbor. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm Boy, ready. Is... I'm prepared for when the all when everything goes to hell. I'll eat my neighbor. I'm gonna eat his ass like corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> Davis with an Alex Jones imitation. Who knew? Uh, and uh, so anyway, we're going to do it again in August. Yeah. Uh, and if if it is completely orchestrated, what's your prediction? Do you think that the Board of Education will uh, sign up again, renew the intergovernmental agreement, will negotiate a new one? Uh, or do you think? Yeah. F- oh, absolutely. They will. And now the, the reason why is because what I brought up before, the only thing that I mean, I think if, if they could, I think if Lightfoot, if Lightfoot could get out of it, she would. But the thing that scares the bejesus out of her and everybody else is what I was just talking about before. But can you just imagine when the CTU starts organizing to take over those LSCs? And and the FOP says no. We got to have like at least three pro police votes on every board. I it just it it just it's more than they can handle. All so right, let me just say to, this: they'll have to renew it. The um, the fraternal order police endorsement in a local school council race 
for 90% of the schools in Chicago would be the kiss of death, okay? Maybe for some schools in Mount Greenwood yeah. and Edison yeah. Park. All right. All right. Okay. But, Point taken. Okay. Yeah. So they're not really going to be a major player in uh, electoral politics for most schools in Chicago. My guess is the issue will come Progress, down. Progress, Illinois. How about them? Progress. Which one's Progress, Illinois? I forgot them. Well, they're, you know, they're this kind of Republican think tank that they, they like to get involved oh, yeah. in these kind of I, things. I think they're, they're busy. They're involved in radio and all that. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. the ones that th- said something nice about me the other day. Anyway, put that aside. Oh, good. Uh, good. Yeah, that was really nice. That <laughs> was really nice of them. All right. But um, my guess is what they're going to do is. At heart, you're a conservative, Ben. Let's face it. I am a libertarian at heart. Um, <laughs> I, I am a real libertarian. But I believe yes, you are. the. Um, the issue, of course, will be who will pick up the tab. And so Mayor, yeah. this is what Mayor yeah. Lori Life is going to decide. Will it be the police right. department paying for these police or will it be the mm-hmm. schools? And my guess mm-hmm. is if she's as smart as you say she is, she'll end this little uh, issue mm-hmm. by having the police department pick it up. The Board of Education will approve it. Of course, David Brown, the new police chief, what's he going to say? You know what I mean? He's just, he just he's arrived. He's still here, t- and he won't be around in August. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he he's not, not going to be around much longer. Well, but more. you know what? Mm-hmm. This is, hey, you know, you, you just create a whole new level of the conspiracy here. This gives her a couple of months to get public the public riled up about not wanting the police in the schools so that they'll end up being only 20 schools that actually really want the police in the schools. And she might even say, well, all right, we'll pick up the 20 schools, but, but nobody, but no more or, you know, whatever. Either way, she gets that money back. Well, we'll see. We'll have to that see how. Sense? Yeah, it does make sense what you're saying. Uh, and, uh, and we'll also have to see if the, uh, uh, the Chicago Teachers Union and the progressives in this town uh, can force her to pick up, to give uh, schools that don't yeah. want the cops the equivalent of the $200,000. Yeah. All hey, right. by the way, in all your conversations with Stacy and others from the union, have you ever gotten any sense of what the teachers think about this? Do the teachers want cops in the school? I'm sure it's school by school different. It, but it's school by school. Do you have a sense of it? It's, school, yeah. it's, it's teacher by Are teacher. Are there schools where teachers want them? I would presume there are absolutely uh, – I've had individual teachers tell me uh, from both sides. They don't want police mm-hmm. and they yeah. do want police. So it's, I believe it yeah. varies individual by individual, school by yeah. school, yeah. and cop by cop. How yeah. well integrated yeah, yeah, to the yeah. school is the particular police officer? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the, you began this – with, with by pointing out how the Board of Ed did not have the answers that the city council uh, was requesting. My guess mm-hmm. is is that this program is largely intended, like I said, to shift financing of police officers from yeah. the police department yeah. uh, to the schools, and they nobody's really thought through in any systematic way whether it's working. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's classic Chicago. All right. Uh, yeah. I have to ask you. Wait, Dennis is looking up. You have a question you want to ask? Uh, I remember you asked me for some audio uh, with Obama yes. and his bike helmet. I yes. don't. I, I'm not. We're not able to. Okay. Ken wouldn't be able to hear it. I see. All right. Uh, so we're going to close with my question to you, which is the one I wanted to ask you all a day. 
uh, Ken uh, Davis is pretty much the smartest guy I know when it comes to science. Uh, by that, I, and the bar is really low because I don't know a lot of people who know much about science. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that great intro, Ben. <laughs> and now somebody who really knows a lot about this topic. Of course, he might not. I don't know anything about it. But hey, let's ask him anyway. I missed you, Ken Davis. <laughs> With that introduction, because one time I was on uh, Kenny D's old show, uh, the Ken Davis show, which is was not yeah. the Ken Davis show. I was the only one yeah. who called it the Ken Davis show. Chicago and News. And I didn't really know anything about anything either. So, yeah. No, but you began the show uh, with a, a reference to helium. I was like, whoa. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> he knows what the he great thinks. helium shortage. Yeah. Yes, remember that? The good old days when yeah. all he had to worry about was yeah. a helium shortage. <laughs> Doesn't take much to impress Ben Wouldn't Jorowski. that be great? <laughs> uh, who, was my, who was the yeah. other guest when you did the helium thing? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't remember. It may, no, do you know that one time I was a guest on your show with Miguel Dovay? Yes, I do know that. Yeah. Who's yeah. now the head of the Chicago Board of Education. Yeah. Yeah. Just through yeah. That. He, he was it. kind of unemployed at the time. Yes, he was. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, all right. So anyway, so please explain to me the Republicans' aversion to masks. I, I'm. Is it because you're asking me to explain that? Yes, you're my scientific expert. So oh. it's like a larger issue. They you, just. You, you, you think it's science? I don't know. I'm trying to it, give them credit. It's they psychology, just, isn't it? It's, it's psychology. Ego. I don't know. Why? What's I this? mean, the, the, the bit I was going to have Dennis play, which doesn't work, is from about 2014. And uh, the uh, Trevor Noah's, uh, some producer to Trevor Noah's show put this together. All these bits, Fox TV personalities, Sean Hannity and others who would. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talking about how embarrassing it was for the United States, how humiliating it was for the United States to have a president, Barack Obama at the time, who wore a bike helmet. <laughs> and they would contrast the picture of uh, Barack Obama with a bike helmet with a picture of Putin riding a horse, and Putin had no mm -hmm. shirt on. And, he never has a shirt on, right? Well, at least when he's riding the horse. And so they were like, here's this manly, muscular president of Russia, and here's uh -huh. our president of the United States with a bike helmet. And this is just humiliation. And <laughs> this is, yeah, like I'm like, in, uh, you're supposed to be encouraging people to wear bike helmets, uh -huh. you know. And yeah. um, it, I guess you don't understand freedom. Uh, that's your problem. You don't understand the Second Amendment. You don't understand. You just don't understand anything about about how a real Americans feel about their freedom. Uh, and they just don't want to be told what they have to do and when they have to do it because the Constitution says that they can do anything, shoot anything they want, anytime. And, and uh, Clarence Thomas has confirmed that for them. So, you know, you just don't understand, Ben, and that's part of the reason why you're broadcasting from your attic. Yes, that's true. They as opposed, are, yeah. And they are out running free. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. In part of, as part of the universe of things I don't understand. All right. <laughs> so please explain to me, because I don't understand this, how a Republican can have an aversion to having to wear a mask because it protects him from uh, a pandemic, okay? 
Or how a Republican have a version to wearing a bike helmet, which can pr- protect his brain from serious mm-hmm. injury. Or how a Republican yeah. can have an aversion to wearing seatbelts even, okay? Yeah. And yet I've never heard a Republican complain about having to be go through a metal detector to have a body scan to have somebody frisk him at an airport before he or she boards a plane. Why is one thing a stripping away of our liberty and the other thing I, I can I think I can answer that. Go ahead. Because it's it's possible to imagine being on a plane and having some and of course, you know, you can make your own um prejudice view of who that person would be having some guy stand up and just like set off a bomb in the plane and you all die. That is a more realistic possibility than the possibility that you will be struck down by some oddball disease or something. And so you make an exception for the, for the thing at the airport. The thing is the the thing with the disease. I think it's easy for it has become easy for an entire class of people to believe. I'm not going to get it. It's a hoax. It's something that the liberals are are foisting on us, and it's it's very very complicated because early on, there wasn't this. I mean, you know, early on in the pandemic when we were all really freaking out about it because we knew nothing and it looked like maybe the entire country was going to die, the entire globe might die. Um, everybody was willing, really, to wear masks. There weren't that many people who had an aversion to it. They had to be taught by the right. They had to be taught that this is something that the left is doing, which they had to do in service to Donald Trump, because Donald Trump is just a profoundly ignorant man and served his own purposes and no other. And he said, masks are for, you know, for wussies, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, oh, yeah, that's right. Of course they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. It's, it's the liberals that want us to do this. And so they they, they bolted. And it, it gets all the way up to that video that I saw. So, you know, when you're sitting with your phone and you just scroll through and videos just wash all over you. And then an hour later, you remember seeing it, but you can't remember where you saw it. But it was something going on in Texas of like there were like couple thousand people or something demonstrating <laughs> in like the bar area in I don't know if it was Austin or Houston or something and they're just all demonstrating without their masks on demanding that they be let into these closed bars to get a drink because that's their first amendment right their yeah. right to assemble they want it well uh, and that, that's where we that's where we come to I can't explain it but I that's can't where no. we're well obviously the issue is not a principle this is what I always talk about. No, it's not no, it has nothing to do with principle. It's it all not, has yeah, to do with politics. Politics. Because yeah. if it was yeah. a principle, then you would be standing up for your right to just walk on an airplane. Or That's it, right. Well, it, yeah. If yeah. the principle is the principle, if, if yeah. you know what I mean, what happens? And I've, I've heard many people say it's in God's hands. Like, yeah. are you going to wear a mask? Yeah. It's in God's hands if I die. Well, if it's, right, right. You know, right. obviously, right. uh, it's it's not God's uh, God's handing out punishment right now. As a matter of fact, lots of people. So, yes. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right, young Kenneth. I want you to stay safe and sound, and thank enjoy thank you. your Fourth of July, and do not set off any firecrackers. Yes. Dennis. And uh, Ken Davis, we asked all of our listeners on the Facebook, Twitter page, and all that uh, if you could describe the first half of uh, the year twenty twenty yes. in one word. What would it be? 
Uh, you know, I saw that, and I thought I would try to come up with something really clever, and uh, I didn't. Um, <laughs> like, oh no, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I really don't. I'm sorry, I failed you. Wow, that's oh, really great job, Ken. Great improv. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, really, oh, I, I just, you know, <laughs> uh, period. Zany's improv. <laughs> He's a Ken Davis. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Okay. Well, thank you. Know, well, Ben's know. word was the F word. Yeah. <laughs> Maury Lightfoot. Yeah. I have one word to say to you, 2002, and it starts with F and it ends with you. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, you are 100. <laughs> percent Anyway. All right, young Kenneth Davis. Thank you very much. Stay hey, safe. Listen, yes, sir. Next, if, if there's a next time, you know what I really would like to talk to you about. Seriously, it's serious. Just for one second. This whole thing about this $50 million initiative to provide free internet to something like 100,000 school children and their yes, families. That's my pet peeve, yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd love to talk to you about that because it could be done quickly and it could be done inexpensively. I worked for, you know, I worked in the cable office and I have some experience in this and I'm appalled that it hasn't already been done. And there's, I, I just, think we should talk about it sometime together. I would definitely love to talk about you. I'm appalled by it too. I've been going on and on about this. And one of the many reasons I'm appalled by it is this. One, it's just, an, it, don't get me started. It's It, it winds up being a, a commercial for wealthy people who dole out some money uh, yeah. to the government. And two, buried in a story that was largely laudatory uh, in the Chicago Tribune, they mentioned that it won't be fully implemented for another four, for four years. years. I'm like, yeah. what a joke. You talk about yeah. utter insults to the people of the yeah. city of Chicago. Yeah. We're patting ourselves uh, it, on the it, back. It, it, it is it insane and it's stupid and it can be done almost overnight. But it had, but you know, it's going to require it's going to require some um, ass kicking to make it work. And and I don't know. I well, what I we oh, we'll end where we started. People in Chicago love Lori Lifegood because she's the all powerful mayor could shut down the lakefront. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if that's what it's going to require. I'd like to see mm -hmm. something good come out of it, as opposed yeah. to keeping people yeah. from looking at the, the stars yeah. at night or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I will gladly bring you on to talk about it and write an article right. and the reader about it because this really uh, irritates me. Kenny Griffin, who is uh, the gazillionaire who's helped kicking in money, is a hedge fund operator mm -hmm. who makes his fortune yeah. because he oversees a computer-driven business that can make trades on the, the instant, mm -hmm. okay? That's yeah, the key yeah, to yeah. his success. They can shift yeah. billions of dollars uh, in and a moment's notice, right. but it's yeah, taken them yeah. four years. <laughs> four mm -hmm. free, what right. is it? If you're, right. if you're entering right. your freshman year of high school, that means you're out yeah. of luck uh, yeah. for, for your entire high school career. That's how yeah. much Chicago yeah. cares about its poor kids uh, in yep. internet deprived. I'm with you 100% on this one, young Kenneth. Well, you got me I'll, going. Uh, I'll I'll pull some numbers together and we'll talk about it later. All right, very good. That's okay. Ken Davis got right. me going. Thank you very much, young man. Young Kenneth right. Davis. Uh, it's a blast talking to him as always. Do you got any updates Ken before we head out the door? Ken Davis. Ken Davis. Miss Ken Davis. Yeah. He's the man. Kenny D. Uh, yeah, we do have an update here. The following comes from Block Club Chicago. And I'm just going to say it. The hardest working woman on that in the whole block club, Kelly Bauer. <laughs> Read a lot of articles from Kelly Bauer. Don't forget Colin now. Colin okay. is the man. Colin Boyle. You're awesome. 
But boy, I see a lot of these Kelly Bauer stories. Keep up, Colin. All right. Uh, the following comes from Block Club Chicago. It says here, the city uh, of Chicago is ordering travelers coming from states with high numbers of coronavirus infections to quarantine for 14 days upon arriving in Chicago. The city issued the emergency travel order on Thursday. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot announced this in a tweet. The order comes as states throughout the country, including those near Chicago, are facing a surge in coronavirus cases. All right, so this seems good. City ordering travelers to coming from states with high numbers of coronavirus infections to quarantine for 14 days upon arriving in Chicago. My question, how the hell do you monitor that? Yeah, well, that was, uh, by the way, let's give a shout out to the bright one that was in the Sun-Times as well, my beloved bright one. Uh, your good friend Mitchell uh, Armentrout wrote it for the Sun-Times. Love that guy. And uh, yes, the order in effect indefinitely offers no details, I'm reading from the Sun-Times, on exactly how it'll be enforced. So the answer is D, nobody knows. <laughs> All right, then we answered But that it one. looks good. That it, looks good. It looks good. And meanwhile, keep walking on that lakefront path. Move it. <laughs> I was looking at the stars. You no, know, I had to moving. hold my nose when uh, Superintendent Kelly talked about Michigan State. Okay. But uh, that's what, all right. That's what the Michigan State Come on, the Spartans. You love the Spartans. Can't we all get along? All right, but uh, that is our show for today. And everybody, we want to remind everybody to check out this weekend's Vinny J bonus interviews. Yeah, those are fireworks in the background. Three interviews for you to download available at 5 a.m. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Also, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Hey, watch that firework, Ben. <laughs> Good Lord, I'm oh, trying to talk to the people oh, sorry, here. Uh, I just love right now. Oh, I hate fireworks. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Send us an email, Show at gmail.com. You can also call us, 708 708- Six five eight four seven eight eight. We would love to hear from you. Send us a voicemail and uh, have a safe and happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. Absolutely, have a safe uh, and happy Fourth of July. Thank Kenny D and thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. Without whom the show would be possible. And you know, back home in Alton, Kenny Davis can tell you what they call him. What do they call him today? Mm, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you on Tuesday, everybody.